Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us for the CAPPC Podcast Academy, where we discuss key mental health care strategies and issues for primary care. This is a project of CAPPC, a component of Project Teach. Today's topic is um, having that initial discussion with parents about ADHD, and especially focusing on uh, the different kind of strategies they might engage in you know, prior to really considering medications. And remember to find out more about this and other important primary care mental health topics, visit us at www.cappcny.org. And with us today is Jim Wallace, Clinical Associate Professor of Psychiatry at the University of Rochester. Um, Jim has done a lot of work in private practice and community mental health health in his past life, but recently has really, not recently, for a long time, has transitioned to more of a teaching role with pediatricians and pediatric and child psychiatry uh, trainees, um, and is really uh, an integral role of our CAPPC team. Um, and just before we get into the discussion, just as always, uh, please keep in mind that this discussion does not constitute medical advice and is more uh, education and guidance. So, so, Dr. Wallace, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great, great. Um, so let's just jump into it. Um, you know, you're uh, you know in the in the shoes of a primary care provider and. And they are, you know, having, you know, a quick uh, well-child visit for a child and noticing they're sort of bouncing all over the room. And they're thinking that they need to have this conversation with a family about ADHD. Let's just start with there. How do you uh, think that we need to kind of have that initial discussion? Um, well, that's always challenging. What I think it, uh, the first step is probably to do the story, um, to talk mm. to families about uh, what's going on and, and see if the what you're observing is just a fluke um, is just a, you know a part of being in the primary care Artifact office of the, office they're stuff, afraid yeah. of getting a shot or something right like that, yeah right? sure um, but if they say well no this happens all the time in many many different settings uh, it's starting to be mentioned by grandma it's starting to be mentioned right. by the school it's starting to be we, there are certain places we can't go. We can't keep them safe on the playground. Right. You know? So if it starts to be a story that starts to permeate the child's life, um, then that's where I think I start the story about ADHD with the family right, and right. start to say, well, you know, uh, is this something that runs in the family? Does this remind you of Uncle Checking Joey? That family history, yeah. right? Um, and see, because ADHD t- runs in families, so you tend to find that someplace or other, right? Um, and ask them if they're concerned about it and if it seems to be an impairment. Um, So usually, because lots of kids have some ADHD traits, lots of your friends probably have ADHD traits. Sure, right. Lots of my medical colleagues have ADHD traits. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's fine. If you can compensate, if it's not impairing, if it's not a big problem. Absolutely. Um, But if they start to say, well, again, it's starting to be a problem in school, they're not performing what they should be able to, they get in trouble all the time. Right. Um, They get excluded, they got sent home on Wednesday from camp or something like that, all those kind of sad stories where the impairment starts to surface. So you're really saying, so this general frame that, you know, we're noticing in 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 different settings, different domains, and that functional impairment is really starting to close in on the child. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. And then a little extra if there's that family history sort right, of sure. Uncle Joe piece. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay, great. So you've had this discussion. Um, parents are receptive to the idea, but they say, you know, look, there's no way I'm going to put my you know, child on medications. You know, let's, can we talk about what else can we do? Yeah, that happens pretty often. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> people... You know, everybody's heard something about ADHD. They've heard something about the medicines, and there's a lot of, you know, baggage you have to kind of, you know, take care of. 
Um, so what I usually do is start with family and say, listen, <clears throat> there are several strategies, um, and we don't have to start with medicine, uh, but it's all hard work. Um, right. And yeah. so yeah. if you're ready to get to work with me, we can do this. Yeah. Um, so number one is probably we all have to make some accommodations for mm -hmm. a child with ADHD. So um, even in their parenting, they're going to have to adjust a little bit what they can do, how they handle going to the grocery store, how they do homework, how they do picking up after they play, right? Um, how, how much they might have to watch out the window when the kids are playing, right? So they have to, you know, raise their game, and, right? You know, right. because parenting a child with ADHD is a little extra challenge. But this is a key point here. I think that you're saying is that you know that expecting the child with ADHD just to meet the purely normative expectation, it's not going to work. Right. You have right. to accommodate. Right. You have to make some adjustments right. like that. And similarly, if the child's school age, the school's probably going to have to make some accommodations as well. Right. Now, some teachers, as we all know, some teachers are just have a knack for that and mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. Um, just kind of, they like that. They love those ADHD kids and they just somehow manage. Uh, other teachers, is not so natural for them. They're not as good at it. Yeah. Um, and so I suggest for schools, there are lots of kind of simple uh, accommodations that a teacher can do, especially elementary. There's only one teacher you have right. to really get your hands right. on. And so I do that. I have a little menu of accommodations I suggest um, that, for people to look at. Um, <clears throat> and But sometimes kids, when they need bigger accommodations, that's when you have to ask the school for extra support through maybe a 504 accommodation plan or even an IEP. Okay. But uh, usually I start with just informal accommodations. Like this is what tends to work with right. them. Can you sit them closer to you? Can you let them run errands down to the office? Right. Can you don't yell at them every time he squirms? And, and, and most like teachers are pretty receptive to yeah. trying that first right. pass. Because they've had ADHD kids before. Right, it's not, it's not their first, right. yeah. yeah first rodeo with that. Okay. Um, and so, you know, let's say, you know, maybe this is a milder case and, and they're able to, you know, make some of these quick adjustments in mm -hmm. school making. Um, but, you know, the mom is telling you, yeah, but what about at home? You know, they're yeah. just, they're running wild. You know, I need some help. <laughs> right. No, it's very challenging. And, um, and they do, right? They yeah. do run wild. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kids with ADHD are very, their motor activity is really high. And they tend to be stimulation seeking, so right. so they look for action. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if there is a problem, they run towards it. Mm -hmm, if there is mm -hmm. an action, they and it's exhausting. Right so to have parent. them in an amusement park or something like that is very right. tricky because they like to do the stuff that is scary. Right, um, and roller should, coasters and I what's tell, that sharp object? <laughs> right, I tell fans they're like a moth to the flame. They're yeah. just drawn to that action. <laughs> Everything that you want them to avoid, they run over and pet that scary looking dog. Right, right, right. Away, so takes a lot of work yeah so there's yeah accommodations but the other thing is that you probably have to be a little more strict with your ADHD kid to okay. keep them in line right because they're impulsive mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. so a lot of times you have to create incentives of some kind of to get them to try a little harder yeah and it's tricky because this is a fine line because I don't want to apply to families that ADHD is a matter of bad motivation right right it's not right. just a motivational right. problem but you can use motivation as a tool to try to get kids to raise to their overcome some of these yeah. issues, right? Yeah, and so look, the school can do little motivational things to try to get them to finish their work mm -hmm. and to try to get them to control themselves a little bit better for short periods of time. Yeah, and the family can do the same thing. So if you have an incentive like as soon as your room passes my inspection, you can turn on your video game. Yeah, um, then that child is highly motivated. Right, 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 right. And right. they'll give it their best shot. Right. You know?
And I think, again, that this is this sort of, uh, you know, little switch from, you know, you should know better, you know the rules by now, just do it, to a little right. bit of extra motivation right. can help them get over that hump. Right, because they have to fight not only because they don't feel like doing it, but they also have to fight against the ADHD traits that tend to create, you know, chaos and disorganization. And they, right. um, so it's a harder work for them to pick up the yeah, room than yeah. maybe for their brother or sister. Yeah. So just, you know, just staying on this for just a bit, do you have any advice for primary care clinicians that still have that parent that's sort of pushing back on the, he should just know better? Well, piece? yeah, I think it's one thing it's challenging, but I try to explain to people that ADHD really is, it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, it's not just the boys being boys yeah. or, or yeah. an eight-year-old being an eight-year-old. And, and one thing that can be helpful for that is, is if you do some standardized tests. Um, right. some. So if you do the Vanderbilt Behavioral Checklist. Sure. Um, and you and that's can, available on the website for folks on the clinical rating right, scale. Right, right. And most teachers are very familiar with it because we've used it for a while now. Right. It's very simple for families to do. And if you have that data, even if you're not going to start meds, but if you have that data, you can show that your child stands out from his peers. Yeah. Um, so if the teacher says, you know, there are threes and everything yeah. um, and have a high score, that's a teacher who's taught a million eight-year-old boys yeah. and says yeah. that your eight-year-old boy is different. It's so it's, different. And that gives you kind of some sense of right. that. That's um, a great way of sort of yeah. bringing it home to that uh, reluctant parent. Right. So it's not just an opinion. It's, it's a yeah. little more scientific that way. Yeah. And then I guess we should definitely, you know, get into a little bit of this is that, you know, okay, so let's say you've had this, you know, a family that's really worked through these kind of accommodation processes, they've gotten sort of creative and, and fixing up issues at home and, you know, getting more motivating, et cetera, but they're still just struggling. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think is that next step for the primary care to have a discussion with? Well, I, I think there's, there's a point with ADHD that, you know, to make the biggest impact medicine makes a big difference yeah um, and there's just no way around that sometimes I even wish it wasn't true myself but sure it, right. it, you know, I think we've all been there yeah but it but it is true um, and you know I've heard that it takes a committee of talented people to do uh, 10 milligrams of methylphenidate could do you know? <laughs> so it's just one of those things where if you've done what you can you've made accommodations you've structured things more you've created some incentives and the child is still showing a lot of impairment a lot of distress um, I tell parents that kids, when they go to school, they should like to go to school. The school mm. should like them. Right. And the nice kids should be their friends. That's um, a great way of thinking yeah. about school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you're, if the nice kids are afraid of you, stay away from you on the playground because yeah. you're so reckless and impulsive, right. then your only friends are going to be the other little thugs in school. And, and that's going to get you on a different track. Right. Yeah. And that's not good. And if the teachers don't really enjoy you because you're really a handful all the time, then that's going to affect your education in the long run. Right. Um, and you're not going to feel as good because you're not going to be successful. If you're not yeah. successful in school as a child, that's a huge chunk of your life. Absolutely. It's such a key time in development. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Am I a good person or a bad person? Am I a troublemaker? Mm. Am I okay? You're going to answer those questions during this period. Yeah. 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 So Absolutely. you don't want them to have this kind of chronic pattern um, that you, if you can't, you know, overcome it through some of these other things, the medicine is really known to have a big impact on right. that. Um, and you can change, you know, just with that treatment, you can change the trajectory of their life right. towards 
college versus dropping out of high school. I mean, Absolutely. It's, it's that big of a swing for some right, kids. Right, right, right. A real kind of catcher in the rye moment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Um, well, and, and folks that are listening with us, you know, if you want to learn more about that kind of potential medication aspect with ADHD, um, uh, CAPPC does host core trainings for primary care organizations uh, where we discuss this and other sort of important key mental health topics. Um, there likely will, there, there's going to be some other podcasts in the future as well that um, will address this as well. So, um, well, thanks, Dr. Wallace. You're welcome. Uh, for your thoughts on this. Uh, this is an, it's an important and challenging issue. And thanks to everyone who's listening. Uh, you've been listening to the CAP PC Podcast Academy. Um, and uh, remember, there's uh, clinical resources in terms of the Vanderbilts. Um, and uh, there's also uh, some information about uh, 504 plans and educational accommodations on the website as well. Uh, Join us again next time.